Welcome back, everybody, and thank you again for tuning in. We have some new things coming your way, but for now, be sure to find us on all social media platforms. We're on Twitter during matches and send Premier League updates, too, but we're always down to have a chat with fans all over the globe. We're also on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and run our live shows on Twitch. Click subscribe and join the conversation when we record. And as always, let us know what you think. The beautiful game is for everyone to enjoy, so keep us posted on what you want to hear more of. Now, let's have a beer. Typically, I have black pants on, so I don't care if I spill beer on them. But I'm wearing like not today. I thought you were just going for a better. Khakis. I thought you were getting like a better form for a better. I'm just crack. taking off, boys. Yeah, <laughs> that's, it. that's my time. I forgot I had uh, something planned tonight, so I got to take off. But you guys hold it down. <laughs> no, it's good to be here. Um, we're minus Jay. He's working the Paul McCartney concert tonight. Yeah, Jay is not available. I'm kind of jealous because that sounds cool. I'm not like a admittedly a like Everton a, fan, as we discussed. What was the last night? Last night, Paul McCartney, doing. big Everton guy. So. I'm sure if Jay runs into him in like a back hallway, he can bring that up as like a topic of discussion. Yeah, Jay said he was going to shout to him. Uh, How was Bob <laughs> staying up or something like that? Yeah, no. Frank's at the shout. wheel or something. Yeah, Frank's at the know. wheel. If I was Paul McCartney and someone shouted to me, Frank's at the wheel from the crowd, I think that'd be kind of funny. You definitely turn your head. Yeah, for sure. If you connect the dots. Paul McCartney typically has the craziest sunglasses on you've ever seen, even if it's pitch black and nine at night. So you wouldn't be able to tell if he was looking at you, but I think... You know, <laughs> you could tell the legend. If a legend like that is looking at you, you can tell even through the through the shades. What are we drinking? I went with a beer I haven't had in a while, but one of my favorite breweries, uh, Ornor Brewing Company up in Maine. Uh, this is Tubular. It's an IPA, mm. and it's very tasty. Um, yeah, it's great. Great summer IPA, I always feel like, because the can coloration yeah. and stuff like that. It's really cool. Tubular's so, a good one. That's... yeah. Orno, obviously, as you've as you said, they they make no junk. They uh, you know they definitely get it done in terms of beer, but that's admittedly especially a good one. It's got that like Saved by the Bell vibes. Yeah, Saved by the Bell. Yeah, <laughs> Connor, I am drinking an Allagash beer. So it's been quite some time since I drank what a lot of people would actually consider. That's blonde beer, but this very is very blonde. Yes, this is a blonde air with it's not a skunked, is it? Hint of lemon and sea salt. I really mm. like the description on this one. It kind of put put me in a refreshing and relaxed state of mind. It says relaxation is just a float away. We brew this blonde ale with lemon peel and a pinch of sea salt to push your refreshometer up to long weekend. Refreshometer? Yep. That's when a it, I don't think that's a real word, but and then it says when it's time to chill out, we recommend a floating holiday. And mm. that is the name of the beer. And as you mentioned, pretty cool can art. Very cool. I mean, definitely and it's five point two, <laughs> but it does look like a sparkling wine. And you so. poured you got you managed to pour half of it in that glass. <laughs> and then the other half you can enjoy the rest of the podcast. I don't know if it's just the flute glass, but I really struggle to pour, pour beers properly. <laughs> that's in a this really tough thing. So that's that's like the thickness of a Ticonderoga pencil, one. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> it's definitely blonde, that's for sure. From across the table, it's that's a blonde, blonde I'm ale. digging it. Good? That's a, oh, I hope it's a full. Can I try full, that? I hope it's a full season summer beer. What is that yeah. tin mug on? I just, I'm just noticing this now. Is oh, that yours? This is, uh, yeah, it's my water cup. <laughs> okay. Oh, this is actually really good. It is. 
yeah. my wild bills. You get it from like, I got yeah. it from like one of those wooden trailers that has like soda pick uh, taps on the side and you get yeah. unlimited refills with this bad boy. <laughs> Looks like you just like took a bunch of flowers out and cleaned all the dirt out. <laughs> just like brought it inside. <laughs> Stole it out of my grandmother's garden. Oh yeah. There you go. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, that's, that's what I needed, you know? Interesting thing to mix in right after you've had a sip of this, uh, which that's was good stuff. a beer we tried at the weekend. We were, uh, as a group, we were in Trillium wreaking some havoc on Saturday night, which was delicious, but um, inhaling, inhaling oysters, literally opening my mouth and breathing in and watching the oysters just fly into my mouth. It was yeah. pounding them down after like a day of drinking. I know that sounds gross to a lot of people, but there's like nothing that's better to me than like just a big bucket of oysters those or like fleshy muscles. oysters. Dude, those were bomb. The muscles, Connor, Connor shot one back. Yeah, yeah, you did. With a little bit of difficulty. Connor did the, made the mistake of shooting it and then letting it sit inside your mouth. And I you, chewed and it for wonder. like four seconds. <laughs> and it, your eyebrows started to furrow, and I saw you getting more and more afraid. And then Elaine was like, do you have to swat, like, swallow yeah. it? Like, you, you I felt like the, don't grain, let it chill. the grains of sand between my teeth. And I'm, yeah. The vinegar helped a little bit, though. Yeah. That little, uh, Not a piece of gum, so you have to really you gotta <laughs> yeah. toss it back. But <laughs> Shout out, Trillium. I am drinking... This is a collaboration between Trillium Brewing and a brewery called Omnipolo, which is in Sweden. And this is called Daglikt Intag, which is, I think, Swedish <laughs> well for daily intake. Well, I don't know that I did that correctly, well, Connor. I, so I feel like that was pretty accurate. Yeah, let's get it. Let's get Alanga or a fellow Swede to yeah, like judge my pronunciation on that. But uh, it's a Berliner Weiss with mixed berry. There's cranberry. There's strawberry. There's blueberry. Uh, it's fantastic, though. So... Get it while it's here. That was good shit. That once, was, it, once it goes, it's gone too. I like the collabs and yeah, this is a pretty high profile collab. So, Doglicht in Tog from our friends at Trillium. Thank you very much. Going to get me through the podcast nicely. And we have kind of an interesting sode tonight. Oh, yeah. It's a fun one. I'm looking forward Hope to it. So. We're going to spend the next twenty or so minutes trying to hold ourselves as accountable <laughs> as possible for some of the egregious picks that we said into a microphone. What eight or nine months ago, ten months yeah. ago, maybe? Yeah. Uh, don't judge. Go, all right, don't judge. Don't judge. And you know what? I'd love to see your table picks. So <laughs> submit them if you did better. Seriously, submit them if you did better. I'd love to. Like, I'm only a hundred percent on one end of the table. So, <laughs> and it's the right end. You want to be a hundred percent. I'll tell you that. Uh, in my <laughs> opinion, but we're gonna go through our table picks. Uh, we're gonna just sort of call out as we head from. We're gonna go top to bottom. Is that what you guys want to do? Yeah, or bottom to top. We'll like do the top six, kind okay. of talk about the middle a little bit. Gotcha. Relegation spots. Gotcha. So we'll start at the top. We'll talk about why we thought what we did and how horribly wrong that went and how long it took for it to go horribly wrong. Uh, and then we'll move back down to the bottom of the table and talk about the relegation clubs, which I'm sure, Andrew, you're very excited to. The listener yeah. can't already tell. Andrew <laughs> swung it out of the fucking park picking the relegation club. By some miracle. It's like it's like in perfect order, too. It's yeah. not just the three teams. Oh, ah, you smoked get... it. <laughs> we should include point totals just to like add that extra layer of like, yeah, yeah Norwich were bad, but how bad did you really think they were going to yeah. be? Yeah, um, yeah, true, true. But it should be fun. I mean, let me, uh, I, I wrote down, I have I have my picks and then like to the right of it, what, what the table was. What so. actually happened. The winner I got correct. I did correctly predict that Manchester City would win Premier League this season. Um, As did I. So if we're, yeah, Connor, who did you, were you a Liverpool guy? Also stated City. You, so we're three for three. I don't, what did Jalen? We Minus should have Jalen. Jalen picked Chelsea. That's I remember right. That. I remember that. He does, he did offer a bit of justification despite being out. He had to cover his basis. Yeah. Um, but I didn't read this through. I probably should have. He said, 
<laughs> I chose Chelsea because of the way they ended their season. With the, it's funny hearing it like right now because it's yeah. just not at all how we probably. I say chose it. Chelsea because of the way they ended their like a TikTok. You put it in like quotes. You put it in quotes too. <laughs> I picked Chelsea because they did their best last season. And <laughs> I chose Chelsea because of the way they ended their season with the Champions League and anticipated Lukaku not to be bummed, <sighs> but I hadn't. But I couldn't predict his trash season. I had Brighton relegated because the grandfather life is is, is is a farce. It's the most personal pick I've ever seen on the table, literally. Oh, my God. And then he said, yeah, that grandfather hype is a farce. Not really, but I just didn't predict them to ride the wave, but they did. <laughs> Exclamation point. Having Lester that high at the time was a given, um, but how they underperformed this season was pitiful. Honestly, have no clue what I was thinking. Keeping Wofford up, I must have been off a perk. <laughs> that's Jalen, though. That that's a Jalen. That Jalen. Okay, so like that. despite the first sentence, might maybe not coming off as Jay would say it. Yeah, and he it ended with delivered him. on the back yeah. end. So. He did. Um, yeah, Jay had a. I guess what sounds like a pretty tough go of uh, predicting the season. It is a shame he's not here to like to really talk about the challenge because. He's not the only person to have probably picked Chelsea as the winners. Not that that wasn't the popular vote, I would say for sure, but he wasn't the only one to think Chelsea were going to do a lot better. So it is impossible to put yourself nearly impossible to put yourself in the mindset that you were at the time of making these picks, because like, what did we talk about it for two hours? Oh, it was a long episode. It was a very long episode. We were probably fighting tooth and nail as to like why we're going to be right. And then here we are. And if you think about like the Lukaku signing, he literally was expected to, it was to, a marquee signing. Like this was a, to change the yeah. like format of the Premier League and what was yeah. to come. So it's, for sure, it's hard to. And I think with the City picks that us three had chosen, we saw City and how well they did last season. Not this past season, the one before that, and how they just dominated. And obviously, it was during COVID, so it was still difficult. But they were able to, you know, win the the league in fashion. So I think we went into this season with the same um, with the same idea, with the same prediction. So. For me, that's why I chose City, and it wasn't as easy as it was in the past. Obviously, Liverpool were right behind them. They caught up, and, I mean, it made for a great ending of the season, yeah. but I think the City pick is, it's it's shitty because you'd hope they got you know taken off. I mean, I'm, I'm a United fan, so I don't really want Liverpool to win, but to break that, to make it a little bit more interesting for the neutral fan, it makes the league better. So For sure. I think um, it's even the fact that, I don't know what your guys' second picks were, but if you think of what... Liverpool was coming off last season. It was kind of, I wouldn't say a debacle. That's probably putting it quite harsh, but it was Van, a tough season. Van Dyke yeah. was not a guarantee this season mm-hmm. um, at, that he would find the form that he did. Obviously, they struggled with injuries last season. They made some signings, but like you didn't think Kanate was necessarily going to have the impact that he did. Um, maybe, I don't know. None of us, I don't know if any of us picked Liverpool as a second. Um, I, I did I, not. I didn't. And I did my team. I didn't like, pick them second. You know what I mean? So despite them pushing City all the way to the end, that's not even what we expected to happen, which is like... Yeah, I mean, it is. it's it will be... It will even still, moving forward, be extremely difficult to not pick them first. It feels like the safe pick, which is massive credit to Pep and his team. You know, that the, the, it feels safe because of the work that they put in the last few seasons and the team they've established themselves as. It doesn't mean there aren't teams maybe in England that can give them a run next season, but that was also the case last season and the season before it. So this is a team that 
like we said before, has made a really good habit of winning and knowing that they're the best. And, and it's not an easy thing to, to, to create. Usually it takes seasons and seasons of success to build on things like that. It almost, and this is not to knock Liverpool, Liverpool right now seem to be working toward what City have right now. Again, that's not to say that City are a bigger or better club. It's just they've now instilled a, a period of dominance that I think every other club in England and in world football should aspire to. Different story in different leagues. Bayern have won the league for like 60 fucking years, <laughs> so that's different. But in England, rather, the, the league that we watch the most, like that, that's something that every team should aspire to is, is the habit of brilliance like that. So... I'm not like patting myself on the back for for picking this one correct. I wish I could take more credit for it, but but the fact of the matter is it's not a difficult pick to make. And and next season when in a few weeks when we do our it's crazy to believe, but when we do our 2022-2023 predictions, like I'll probably have City in first to be honest. Like they brought in Holland, now they have a striker, which was they the only thing strikers. brought in two strikers. So, I don't know. It, props to them. It's like kind of like, "Oh, well, I was right, but it's like I wish I could have been right." I'm like a and like third or fourth or another little niche part of the table where I could be like, oh, nice, I did call that right. Yeah. But And like speaking on, I'll end it here in terms of you say to aspire to be the club to, to assert dominance in the league or in your, in your respective league. We look at all the other teams in the top four, even like the original top four of, of or the top six, you'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of investment that went in this past summer. So it was really hard to pick because, yes, while investment is key to success, there will always be those two teams, two most right now, two teams, Liverpool and City, that have that edge over every other club. Even with Liverpool and Liverpool's case, there was less investment. I'm, I'd say there was less investment than other clubs in the league, but they are still dominating because they are tuned out in a much different way than the other clubs. You look at United, you look at even Chelsea, um, Leicester invested heavily, mm-hmm. and they were a top four um, contender or prediction team. So there's a difference between. Investment isn't the key always, and yeah, money's not the quick fix. You, you can you can see how even aspiring to be that club, it's not just investment, and that's how we kind of predicted these outcomes was based off investment that these clubs made, like United, like Leicester, um, like Chelsea did, like for Jalen's for Jalen's point of of Lukaku coming in, and um, yeah, at the end of the day, it's not it's not what always wins you a title. Obviously, City are a perfect example of money coming in and success happening, but without the manager and the right players, the system falls apart. So, uh, no, I mean, overall, it's just hard to predict. Hard to predict anybody else still for yeah. me. I'd feel, feel very strange even putting Liverpool down on that paper. And there are a lot, they have done an incredible job of closing the gap in a completely <clears throat> different way to your point of it's just a different unit. It's a different club, but to have closed the gap in the way they did and have made it competitive how they did is insane when we first started this you said it's hard to put yourself in the mindset of back in the summer when you like <laughs> and for me it's actually frighteningly easy because i'm thinking oh my god united got ronaldo yeah like <laughs> they might finish behind city by a point we'll see you know like that it wasn't just ronaldo though. Was, oh, it was sancho t- it was Sancho, dude i mean Varane was confirmed before the season like before we even did the prediction like the prediction table the table predictions right it was like in the euros when it was going through so, so yeah, I was like, I would have yeah. put money down that United would finish at least second. I was like back to being terrified of them in a way that I never had. 
So that was my second place pick. That was also like, my second place pick. I figured that yeah. you had them too. You must have had them relatively high in the top four. I had United second. You had United second. Okay, so we all had United second. Yeah. Okay. Always at the wheel. We were in two finals. I know they, they, were, they, were, <laughs> they were willing to stand behind Ole like he was the guy moving forward. I think I, I even said, like speaking as, as a United fan, I even said this is the last season where he can get himself to a final and or have a season without success, and then it has to be over. Yeah. Um. And I did trust him. I think going into the season, I was confident. All right, he's got the investment. He's got the backing. We played some, you know, we had some bright moments of football. But at the end of the day, it was always good vibes and pure individual talent, which you, especially you saw that during this. You saw a lot more of that this this season because of how much more talent was there compared to previous seasons. Relying on Ronaldo, um, relying on Bruno a lot. Uh, and Sancho eventually finding some form and was still just like, it was an individual across the board. This, that's how we played. There was never a real system in place. And for me, I chose United based off the investment that they put in, which I just made a point of saying investment's not the key to every successful club. So um, it's about the right investment and the right manager and the right system. So yeah, no, I think the pick itself, I think most people looking at the, at the Premier League season thought United were going to be title contenders. Obviously, they finished outside top four. <laughs> Did they? Yeah. <laughs> top, top six. So, uh, But yeah, no, I think it was... Well, this what, a, what, a, what a horrible season it was for the club. I mean, probably the, the, worst, the, worst, the worst season on points in history of United's uh, Premier League runs. And but points is like... Number of managers. Like, you're a fan. Fuck points. Literally, fuck anything that has to do with points. This was awful because of the like the football. Like, oh yeah, points no, are one thing. But I, I know just, you're like, I just wanted to watch 90 minutes of good shit. That's all I wanted to do. It was. It was even, It wasn't even, even a half. A half. They what, could at least do that under Ole. They would yeah, play right, horrible right. in the first 45. Yeah, yeah, and right. Come out and play like gods in the second and Beats win like, two shitty halves. Like <laughs> and like I even like I'm I'm just saying the points thing to prove a point that like. As poorly as it was, it was also poor, and statistically speaking, like we weren't just bad; we were bad in terms of history. Like this is historically the worst season ever, right? And on top of that, we played like absolute shit. It's, so, and it's a time period too where the oldest players have the loudest mouths. Arguably, yeah. the worst time to be really bad and to have your career worst season. The question I, I would pose, and I feel like this this is you can attack this in a lot of different ways, but. And we'll wait until we're far into this summer transfer window before we make our predictions, obviously, as we did last summer. But will this like will this United pick for you guys like will this change the way that you let's use just because they're my team Spurs, for example. Let me just uh, paint a world where Spurs signed Jed Spence. Uh, we bring in that really good center back Bastoni, bring in another really good young player, like like a good midfielder type. Imagine Jesus and shows up to Jesus is like a, as it comes in whatever role he would be accepted as like people would start to go. Oh my God, is this the year Conte does it with Spurs? <laughs> and again, to just remove like the fact that it's Spurs, like now will you just think twice when a club just like, pardon my French, like blows their load on signings <laughs> and they're just like, we brought in all these great players this time. It like you, it really does require like now it takes so much more than that to, to do, as we found out with United, like, would that change? Are you now like uh, fuck transfers? I'm going on like club genealogy. What type of football they play? Like you know, it's yeah. a long season. So I mean, I would expect Spurs to finish above United. Speaking on United's picks for next season, based off the fact that you have pr- you have a proven manager in a proven season where he was able to get your club to top four. 
Ten Hag, while he is a like a, a really high caliber, you know, up and coming talent and, and managerial um, ability, I still think that there is a lot of unanswered questions about United squad, the backroom staff, um, who's leaving. I know there's a number we could we've you've seen all over the news a number of players that are leaving just based off their contracts expiring, and you know some you would not would say particular cancers to the team, but just egos and people and, stuck in traffic. Yeah, it, it's just little things like that that yeah. that need to be pushed away that and bring in a new a new DNA for United and for the long-term future of the club. So, I think for me, I'm going to be looking at next season for United to get top 4, but I'm not I'm not banking on it. Like I I can't bank on it because that's unfair for me to ask and any I think any United fan it's unfair to ask of that because how how badly we went back in time in terms of quality this past season. Like you thought we were going in the right direction with Ole and we were, we were in finals. We were, we finished second in the league um, and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, this club still has so many issues that are unresolved. And we took a major step back this season and to expect anything like to expect the league to expect Top four is ridiculous because that's just unrealistic. You need to look at it from a realistic perspective. Play good football and have trajectory going forward, not backwards. Yeah. So It is, to Tristan, your point, it is a bit of fresh air because in the question that you raise, I think it does. It's going to make me look twice when these clubs go and splash cash. And in the world of football now, where every player goes for such a high cost mm-hmm. um, and the market has just been, uh, it's its just a joke, honestly. And We bring up prem tax as a kind of a, a, a jive, yeah. but it's its a real thing. And I mean, there's a lot of clubs that I look at even with, within the Premier League now that it's like, I don't know if splashing the cash is going to be what gets them there and it might even be more dangerous than them really focusing on club structure, um, team values, having the right guy at the helm. Recruiting. Because like you bring up Spurs just for the sake of example. I think Spurs could splash the cash, and they'd be in a better position than a lot of other clubs that feel like they're close yeah. because they do have the right man in charge. I mean, you look at United, they had Ole in charge. Almost directly comparable to that is Arsenal. Arsenal right now probably feels like they're really close where if they go have and Arsenal fans might feel as though if they go and have a huge summer spending window Mm -hmm. that they'll be like, oh, we should top four, no doubt. But yeah, it's still like when it boils down to it, Arsenal couldn't win the games they need to win. Their players looked weak in times of desperation Um, and the football they're playing while at its very best looked good. But the consistency and the style of play that Arteta is suspected, suspectedly going to demand, I don't know if it's there enough and embedded in the club enough to f- allow them to find success just with the purchasing of players. Right. A good example I, l- I like to bring up is always Aston Villa. They splashed the cash. They splashed the cash when they were brought up f- from the championship. They spent over $100 million in transfer signings. And then this past, they didn't really do too well. They almost were relegated that in the next season. And I then Villa this, finishing over both Spurs and Arsenal, by the way. We'll get there, but just... <laughs> yeah, and this and this season, even one. they sold Grealish for a big, uh, a large sum. Kind of saved them. Yeah, but then they... For their net spend, at the, least. The amount, yes, they, that's yeah. true. But they still used a lot of that. They, oh, yeah, they no still, doubt. Buendia, well, yeah, Ashley Young, Bailly, yeah. uh, Danny Ings. Obviously, Danny Ings was okay this season, but like they spent some money and they still weren't... I mean. 
Dean Smith got sacked, and they were like really dropping below on the table. Steven Gerrard came in for a difficult side. So to your point, even for the smaller clubs and the clubs that want to be in a middle to higher up finish in the league, it's still not going to get them success no. if they don't have the right person in charge. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's, it's all over the board right now. And to drone on with one more example, because I think it's going to be one that draws headlines for years to come, is Newcastle. Oh, yeah. To yeah. put it in perspective, Newcastle has found success. Yes, it has only been for half a season. So you'd hope Eddie Howe though is. It the is right not guy. time to go and chase the like, he, like headline players. They they don't yeah, have right. a, they don't have enough structure within the club to just go and do that without putting a lot on the line. And it's going to be a constant teetering act of like, we want success now. We want. We now is our time. chance. We Unfortunately, don't we, we don't have time like, to instill a three-year plan because Man City have won the league by September, typically, and Liverpool are not far behind them. We, you just literally, like you said, yeah. you literally can't afford to to think ahead. You have to think now, and if now is not getting it done, a lot of times people go to the chopping block for that. So and, and to handle not just like like bringing the big players in is one thing. It's also having the right people in place to handle because you need experience when it comes to having big egos in dressing rooms, not just like backroom, not just coaches, but like. I feel like there's a lot of club officials that a lot of us don't even know about that that work with the players and there's has to they have an understanding of how players behave that are on big wages yeah. and are big names and yeah. stuff and like, and like handling veter- handling the press handling yeah. the veteran guys in locker rooms yeah. too goes yeah. a long way like even looking at Liverpool or City like you have the likes like De Bruyne's a player that obviously we've seen him lose his cool but like Fernandinho's a guy that'll step in obviously company was there he can control the personalities and people are going to listen to him I think Liverpool signing James Milner to another year extension Huge. is because of what he brings to the Glad locker room you brought that up. Like, Kieran Trippier is a good is a good example of someone they mm-hmm. brought in that has played at the highest level on the biggest stage and knew what he was getting himself into and I think he's he's a smaller example of someone who's brought a lot of right. experience into a dressing room yeah. who can control Obviously, the magnitude of the takeover that Newcastle went through. Yeah. So I think those are good points. Through through and through, professionalism is not hailed enough in today's day and age. And despite the media looking so desperately for that, when there are players that offer that, it's not it's not shouted nearly yeah. as much as it deserves to be. All they look for, obviously, the the partying and the unprofessionalism and they the, they harp on the, the dancing in the locker room, the rowdiness yeah. that like. <laughs> All the Graham Sunis doesn't like people Graham. dancing in the locker room. He fucking hates everything. <laughs> he hates smiles and joy. If someone's mouth is not in a frown, he's like, "What's going on here? I don't like this." He's like, "What's Pogba been up to?" <laughs> yeah, you have to ask Even yourself. Even Roy what Keane Pogba's smiles been. now, though. Yeah, so yeah get it together, Graham. Yeah. So we can move like a little bit towards the middle of the table as we kind of mosey our way down here. Anybody who's listened to even 10 minutes of this podcast knows I love to shit on my team more so than any other. I actually. Through you guys helped me open my eyes a little bit. That's really something I'm trying to do less. Is like the highs can be really high, but the lows don't need to be quite as low. Yeah. It was a really long season. <laughs> the fuck are you laughing at? No. Uh, it was a really long season for me, similar in length to it. Maybe not quite to United because we just had like a a crazy gangbusters ending where it's like, oh my god, everything's going right. Holy shit, we managed to sneak in, but. Like the five, six months that preceded that were like very, very ugly when we were figuring out Conte ball. And <laughs> I have a funny, I have a funny, about I have a funny pick ahead of Spurs. <laughs> I have a hilarious pick ahead of Spurs. Uh, well, I so basically the reason I'm saying all this is because I had them finishing eighth. I had them finishing behind Villa, West Ham, and Leicester of all teams. Who so I think were they in the top half of the table by then? Yeah, I think they were. But t- they sure as shit were not fifth. So. 
In my defense, I think we all collectively were going into next season, not really sure how to feel about Spurs. Uh, it was Nuno was the was the manager, was which leading. is like crazy. Uh, and the best part was like beginning of the season, you were like, all right, we're we're like four games in, we're we're in, we're doing all right. We're Beat we got, City, yeah. Four, oh, four. I was more insufferable than that. We, when we were three and zero, oh, and we were first, I was like, we won the league. <laughs> <laughs> we had we had three straight one nothing victories, none of which were convincing in any way, shape. Like it was three games where we were getting battered by a team and won one nothing. Like we just won on some like. It was some bullshit. Like we wanted a PK. Like Sonny took like a he took like a, a free kick ball in that was not supposed to be a shot on goal, but ended up going in. And we like beat Watford that day. And I'm like, <laughs> Watford literally outplayed us for like 80 minutes this game. But either way, I like will give myself a little bit of like defense because like, nobody thought Spurs were going to finish fourth going into the season. Like a it lot was of after the Kane saga too. This was like this was like was this freshly after Kane or was this during Kane? Like I think it was after Kane. It might have been. There was still a chance through like I was end of August say, and September yeah. oh, that he might Maybe it was like part is during the whole Kane thing. So I was probably feeling like extra. Yeah, because we were seeing like City bid this month. Like yeah. 50 mil. Like it's not like we stuff. had we had some replacement lined up. So it would have like. you imagine? Probably would have had Regulon playing in the nine for shit's sake. Bergwijn, like, bro. Bergwijn even. So do you um, want to read your list like from fifth to like 16th? Mine? Fifth Just quickly go through it. Yeah. Fifth was Leicester. Six was West Ham. Seven was Villa. Eight was Spurs. Nine was Arsenal. Ten was Everton. Eleven was Leeds. Twelve was Burnley. Thirteen was Wolves. Fourteen was Brighton. Fifteen was Palace. And sixteen was Southampton. And while we're listing, list your top four, too, because I don't know that we ran. Yeah, yeah. Up. So my top four was City, United, Chelsea, and Liverpool. That okay, was- so my top four was City, United, Chelsea, Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, fifth, I had Leicester. Sixth, I had Everton. Seventh, I had Spurs. Eighth, I had Arsenal. Ninth, I had Leeds. Tenth, I had West Ham. Eleventh, uh, I had Villa. Twelfth, Wolves. Thirteenth, Palace. Fourteenth, um, Newcastle. Fifteenth, Brighton. Sixteenth, um, Brentford. And then seventh. Oh, sorry, I missed them. I missed someone. Oh wait, no, there aren't numbers yeah. next to those clubs. No, there so aren't. It's so hard. It's kind of, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you gotta uh, eyeball it. But yeah, so I had, I had, um, I had Southampton as. 17th what like okay so we're, yeah. we're what about you so same top four city united liverpool we Chelsea. had to we all picked united second i'm so glad i thought i was going to be the only one who did that tonight but i forgot we were all no riding high jay, jay had united third because i didn't pick city to win but smart um five i had leicester six was spurs seven villa eight was Leeds. <laughs> damn nine was arsenal 10 was everton so that's good. Two relegation <laughs> battle clubs I had in the top. I half. had Everton over Spurs. <laughs> and then I had West Ham, Brighton, Palace, Brentford, 14, Newcastle, 15, Wolves, 16. <laughs> see, you guys kind of see. I'm like looking at my table and I'm like, Man, who's 17th? 17 was Burnley. Burnley. Wait, I must have read this wrong. Completely. So I had like, so me having, I feel like me having Spurs and Arsenal at eight and ninth respectively was like a violation. Like, I had what Arsenal am I doing? Nine. But we, nobody thought like they weren't supposed, Arsenal were way better than we thought they were going to be. They played it's above better. their level. Like it doesn't seem that way because as we've said many times before, that's just how football is. Like once you know what you could have gotten, everything else is like out the window. Fuck the good that I could potentially pull from. There's no silver lining here, but I'm like, it's, I don't know. I, it's understandable. I guess they really were not in a good way headed into the season. So both clubs should be happy. Only one of them is, but also ninth was a massive improvement. Off oh of the previous gosh, season. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. It? Like, wasn't it? Oh no, it wasn't. 10th where they finished last season or 12th? They they finished 
j- either just below, like two seasons ago. Yeah, yeah. Like so where they were they. I think they finished oh, just they below finished eighth. The season oh, okay. Before did they really? They were like, but we thought obviously bad. Arteta had stayed in charge and. Yeah, uh, Ben White. I don't know that we thought he was going to be the. Answer I just I do want to take a quick pause, and we'll talk about the relegation bottom part in a second. But like, where, so where did everybody have Everton? Because I had them tenth. Tenth. I had them sixth. I had them sixth. <laughs> Remember when Andrew was saying in the beginning of the season Everton was going to finish top four? No, that was two years ago. That was when we first started the podcast. <laughs> no, because you said Rafa's in charge. Damari Gray was balling. No, no. This is when they signed. This is when they had Ancelotti and James. I was. I had, I had them second. No, I, or dude, third or something. Was he not, I thought you were backing Rafa. To no, the I had. Death, I had a, thought. No, he, but I had them. I had them sixth, bro. Yeah, no, but like after Everton started the season well with Damari Gray. Did I, did I just like make a shout th- on the podcast? I think you were, <laughs> we saying, were trying to like really. You were saying ruffle like, the the algorithm. I was definitely. I was definitely in on yeah. it too. Everyone say the craziest shit you could say for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> No, work. It was that Rafa was like a great managerial pick for Everton. Yeah, I thought we it was saying that. I thought it. I mean, because you obviously love Rafa. I, I thought Rafa. I thought Rafa was the right guy for the job. I thought it they was, started really well. They did, and they were playing Here, well. Here's a quick one: What pound for pound, when you think about it, is more surprising? How badly Everton did, or how badly United did, from what we thought they were going. Like we all had United second, by the way, and, and that was all three of us, and that maybe Jay did too, but. Was, were you more surprised if United thinking you were gonna, they were going to finish second and dropping to sixth? Or were you more surprised at Everton thinking they were going to be mid-table and missing relegation by like a match? I think United's more surprising because how much investment and the expectation. I, I think the expectation was high. There was more eyes on United than there were on Everton. For, I mean, obviously, I'm a United fan, so I'm going to say that. But I think... For me, it was Everton, dude. Like for me, I don't know. I just barely, and that's only because Everton won, mind you. Now I've still, still never been relegated, but that would have been the first time they had spent a season not in the top flight. And like, yeah, it's United finished second last two years ago. United finished. Yeah, second. that was like a distant second. <laughs> they were we mega still second, finished, but we still finished second. Like <laughs> they were the most second place like, team ever. <laughs> like we, I think. I mean, obviously, Everton is is obviously so, it's so shocking. It's so out of left field. I just think you got it's shit's got to hit the fan in such a way for you to be like Everton were like two they, weeks left in the season. They were like, oh my <laughs> fuck, this might happen still. Like the we being built. Yeah, yeah, like. You saw what it meant to them when they on the last day when they yeah. stood up and every fan was like I, on yeah. the field. Like, I don't know. It's hard for me to. I have to pick Everton as well because <laughs> Everton, yeah. I was, it was what a match left. I'm watching the Everton games and I'm like, they have these players on Dude, the pitch. They have DCL yeah, right. who was like <laughs> some leading of the, the line for like, England. They I'll had concede. they brought in Van de Beek. They had Delhi. I what mean, was that result where they they lost three two and they like got a red card? So like they not only were they so close, but they had some of the most damning results in the months of like March, April, and May when you cannot afford like yeah they lost to another team. I don't remember who it was. I think it was Brentford. Maybe they lost to. They lost. They they were yes. beating Brentford. Yep, they got a red card and lost three two. Like, they like were, two yeah, games left, yep, and everybody was, was like, "That's got to be it. That's got to be." I thought, it, I thought it was it. I was like, "That's it." And then so. But they had so many games in hand still, though. That they was had a like, ton of games in hand. You don't want to be like... <laughs> good the, thing. Like, yeah, seriously. Gen X, Roy Keane, who's like, that is ridiculous. you shouldn't be celebrating survive. But it's like, man, there's a reason they were freaking out that way. Cause yeah. He was like, yeah, he was like not impressed with them celebrating. Oftentimes, you do not get to play that poorly and stay in the Premier League next season, regardless of who you are. So, But I think, I mean, speaking on the rest of the table, I feel like it was mostly... 
I yeah, should we jump down it, to the bottom? Well, the rest of the table at least makes a lot of sense of where it finished. I think this table that we're looking at from the conclusion of this season, mm. like, makes a lot of sense. Just where, like, the top six was, now the, to- it does, but was it's like- the top six. It didn't make sense coming in, but then, like, you look at West Ham. Because I was, I was thinking we've talked a lot of disappointment amongst the middle of the table. And I was like, okay, what's a team that may be surprised? But West Ham at seventh? I- West Ham has to be your pick there, right? Yeah, I guess I had them 11. Leicester was eighth. Like, I had Leicester five. So I definitely thought they would do better, but like an eighth place finish for Leicester, despite not having a great campaign, is still pretty darn good. Yeah, I feel like the rest of my table, I say West Ham is the most surprising in terms of how high they finished. I think Newcastle finishing that high. Let's do, okay, so let's go through, we'll talk about relegation quick, and then we can each really quickly pick a team that we think surprised us the most in the best way and then in the worst way. Okay. Andrew, you're very proud of these relegation picks, so like, please get into it for me. You can yes. just look at the regular table so with your picks. I, so. I picked Burnley 18th, Watford 19th, and Norwich 20th. Uh, three for three. Ten months ago, as if that's accurate. That's but, big. Uh, I don't. I feel like Norwich is an obvious pick, just considering. I also had Norwich finishing last. They're the biggest yo-yo club in the modern era of football. Yeah. Um, Burnley. I picked them because of lack of investment, and I think Deich, I I think I predicted Deitch Ball is going to eventually. Fail. fail it's just like unsustainable i mean it's yeah, it was obviously it was obviously sustainable it's, that's a that's disrespect to sean dutch it was obviously sustainable for a number of years but i just think considering how they i don't know where they finished the season before but i think that played into the reason why i thought they were going to go down they were a survivor of the season before so too. yeah so there, there was a lot of that going on so I, for me i think that's why i picked that watford i just feel like I don't. I think I was. I think that was just. I think I just picked them because I picked them. I didn't think I like thought too Another much about it. Club. Yeah, yeah. A little bit, a little bit like that. And then Brentford. I think they had that Sheffield esque style like of like. No, I'm saying like uh, I kept Brentford out of the pr- promoted clubs because yeah. of the fact that they had that Sheffield like mentality Leeds. or vibe or something like Leeds that. Leeds too. Yeah. Well, no. Well. Like well, you newly, don't, like no, the, no, no. I'm saying the leads, yeah, of last season. yeah, yeah. Like, a promoted they, club. You're like, oh, energy, they could, yeah, like, exactly. Bang, yeah, like, like they, they had Tony had their um, own style, their style. Like they, they chase games, exactly. Like, they don't just play safe. Like, I, I, I saw them like identity. that, and for me, Brentford finishing where they did it was. I mean, I, I was t- close. I had them finishing lower in the lower in the table. They finished 13th. but they finished. Yeah, like they finished 13th. So good pick, Connor. Close, but yeah, I guess I'm just. I guess I'm just. Fuck, I'll go 100%. I'll, I'll go next because I held about every L you could in my bottom three picks. Like, wow, I didn't I guess I wasn't thinking last time I wrote them down, but 18th I had Newcastle. <laughs> so I mean, I that's got, not, that's not fault. I mean, they were in relegation they were. until How could I have known. Yeah, the takeover was that like, the richest family in Saudi history was going to buy them. <laughs> yeah. And hire Eddie Howe and uh Dan Byrne <laughs> who immediately changed the whole team and Chris Wood. <laughs> Chris Wood. Not uh, Bruno though. Dude, Newcastle 18th is a shitty pick for me. Where did you guys have Newcastle? How did you avoid this embarrassment? <laughs> I had him 15th. Oh, that's like way better than 18th, though. That's clear out of it. Did you have him like at least close? Andrew? I had like 15th, yeah. Damn, I suck. Anyway, even worse, maybe, even oh, worse no. was my 19th pick was Brentford. So I picked Brentford to go back down, and they were like very... Con- where did they f- finish? 13th? Yeah. Yeah, fuck me, man. That's bad. Uh, and they looked like, look, again, that's like, like 13th is like as a, as a promoted club, I would wager you could use the words pretty good, like 
If you're oh, promoted yeah. and you finish 13th, that's pretty damn good. You are. That's good. He- you, you are get, headed in the right fucking I think if you don't get relegated, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. If you stay Even up. surviving. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with, with like the financial gap. That's kind of the everything. precedent that's been set with a lot of clubs lately, yeah. which is like that's the only thing that you're wondering when they come up is, are they good enough to even stay up? Like, yeah. And I don't know that I would say that about the teams that... Is Donahan going to be good enough so to stay up? They, I'll tell you what, they lose Spence, they become a lot less... But even Dynamics. them, I James show. Garner, if they lose Jim Gar- James Garner, I think Garner, they're too. most likely. But they, right they, ha- now. they have I, that. They have that. Like um, they made noise. They made noise. Yeah, they, they, they have that. They Brentford, compete against Sheffield, some giants. Leeds, like, yeah, yeah. But then again, like Sheffield tanked, Leeds almost relegated. Like yeah. they do it for one season, and then it's <laughs> yeah. Like Brentford could Brentford could go down next season. Like who knows? Literally, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, I, for my sake, I hope they do. <laughs> Don't pick them again. Yeah. Though. <laughs> but 20th, I did have Norwich, which is like, wow, good for me. Thank but, goodness. Well, yeah. I was going to say, if you didn't have Norwich in there with how much you shit <laughs> yeah. on that club. Yeah, Adam. Thank now full, you got Fulham yeah, coming back, back, baby. <laughs> Everybody knows how I feel about that. So Probably uh, still. And now that they're in the Premier League, uh, three quarters of their stadium is done. So they'll get relegated. <laughs> and then when they get promoted again, it'll be full. And then they'll have a, we'll have a party. There so, won't be two by fours flying. Yeah, yeah exactly. It won't break off and fly down the river. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't know. That, dude, it did not get better for me as you went down the table. That's for sure. Yeah. But, but I mean, Jalen, I already read what he said. If you want to cut someone no slack, the fact that Jalen had Brighton in the relegation Yeah, zone. that was funny. And his reasoning was because I don't like Grand Potter. Literally, that was it. I don't like Grand Potter. But, like, that has to be the most glaring shout of any of the predictions, I think. What did they finish? I, I want to listen. Ninth. They finished ninth. I want to listen back to his clip. No, before that, the season oh, before that, what they were they? bad. I think they were. I think Brighton? they were, were. Where did Brighton finish the season before this one? Was it? Um, I thought they were like they had just kind of barely escaped. Sixteenth, sixteenth. So yeah, I mean, so they, like that's not, not a horrible shot. Not horrible. But th- I think I don't. Know. I want to hear his justification behind. I want to go listen back. It just I don't said. know to, to like yeah Newcastle was a shitty pick by me but without knowing you'd think yeah they probably will get relegated Norwich was almost a guarantee so I'm like dude did you really you and you had to really shoehorn Brighton Burnley the played the most un- yeah and Burnley played the most unattractive style of football well, out of every team and Brighton I think even before this season we were saying that they play oh, attractive that's football. that's when we they fell in love with Lamptey score. we fell in love with Lamptey and I mean I mean yeah. and, Mop- and Brighton Mop- did Mop- finish still- they finished ninth so Jalen yeah. had them a full what fifty percent below? He had him eighteenth. <laughs> Tough so. day for the boys. I like to think this will this will help. Works. Who else? And then he had. Did he have Wofford Norwich? Um, no, he had Burn. Hold on, let me find it. He had Burnley, I think. Yeah, had some egregious picks. I had Burnley, Burnley Norwich. 12th. He had he had Watford sixteenth. So, I mean, I think Watford. If you predicted them either staying up or like, it's not crazy if you thought they'd stay up, and it's not crazy if you thought they'd go. Down. No, it's weird because they did have like a. They had bright spots, like they had Emmanuel Dennis, who was playing phenomenally. Oh, yeah. But like, they were still always Tom Cleverly the, in the midfield. They were still always the relegation <laughs> right. second Just favorite. Kidding. Yeah, no, but they they did have they did have players. That but you it felt was like they still always looked like they were going. Yeah, down. and they also had three managers this season, so that doesn't help. Yeah, so. and yeah, my bottom three. I can't believe I had Norwich at nineteenth, but <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a shout. <laughs> My Southampton was eighteenth; they finished fifteenth. I I really can't get a read on this club. I don't even know where I'd pick them to finish because like, I think you think they're way shittier than they really are. I think I think they're 15th, a little bit better, bro. Yeah, well, 
And they lose games like I have them finishing 16th and they finish 15th. So. is just so good. Hasenhutten. Yeah, I had, a, like, I had a decent pick on them. But Would you be shocked if Southampton went down next? Yeah. Mm. Really? I would be. I kind of look at them a similar level to Everton. I had Burnley. I mean, I had Southampton at 16th. This is picking them. This is off the basis that they had the worst new year of like they 2021. Did. To the end of the season, the season prior to this season, they were the worst team in the Premier League. They get scored on a lot was my issue with them. They lose by eight goals at least once a season in a certain game. Like, they really turn that. Remember, they, they've lost to Leicester by that amount. They've lost to City by that amount. Well, they, United. like, really... My biggest my biggest prediction on why I thought they were going to go down was because they lost the likes of Vestergaard. I think they lost... Hoiberg. They lost Hoiberg, and then they... No, they lost... Oh, yeah, they, they didn't have Hoiberg, and then they also lost... Um, What's his fucking? What's his face? Oh, uh, Shea Adams. No, no they had Shea Adams, but they had lost Danny Ings, and oh my god, Danny Ings. Oh, Redmond or Nathan Redmond? Is that your? No, they, no, no, Bertrand. Brian so Bertrand like they they had so they were <laughs> they were losing their key players over the course of the summer. So I think Southampton predicting them going down was not a shout because I think, like Connor said, they did lose a lot of games by a lot of goals. And without they, their breakout stars, they would have been in trouble. Without yeah, Kyle Walker, Peters. Um, without Brogia. Brogia. And then... Uh, Obviously, they have Daredevil WP, who had a fucking crazy yeah, season. Yeah, crazy. If they had lost season. him, I mean, they have Romelu, who's a he's a, a Premier League they had, like, uh, player who, at this point. Ellen Ellen Nusey? Ellen Nusey. I think... He was pretty good at times. So. I think that if you... I think they could go down next season just because of the fact that... I mean, Brogia's gone. I pick him, I'll pick him 15th every season. They, they could, they every could, season. They could be the Burnley of next season where... This it's unsustainable to to lose all your players, not invest enough, and then also lo- concede nine goals like three times out of the year. Yeah, like I don't know. They got lock that puts a wrench. It's not just like yeah, three games is not a big deal, but that puts a wrench mental like mentally. Like you're not gonna getting scored on nine times isn't gonna do too well when you go out against another team next weekend. It's also just concerning that I can't really name their role players. Like, JWP and Shea Adams. Those are their star only players, goals though, come from like, free who, kicks. So who are the guys on kick? the field that fill in the other they had, oh, what's seven up? to eight positions? They had a winger that was really good. I forget his name, though. But anyways, I think they could go down next season. Yeah, I think they could. I'm not predicting that now, Might but they could. be Andrew's sleeper pick for yeah. going down. Yeah. I'll get 100% for relegation. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I mean, Jalen's just going to, one of us is just going to be stubborn and keep picking one of these teams until yeah. they go down for the next like eight seasons. <laughs> Jalen will have Brighton again going down next season, I think. That wouldn't surprise me either. He just will. They like lost could be like, oh, if they, yeah, if they lose Graham Potter, then. Yeah, right. It's a complete opposite reasons why he thought they were going to yeah, go down. Yeah, all of a sudden, Potter ball looks uh, pretty important. Well, okay, so who was your biggest surprise and your biggest disappointment? Ah, uh, this is tough. Being that I already picked, I mean, we are. I already said like Everton is probably the. They're biggest my biggest di- disappointment. Biggest disappointment. If I had to pick a second, it would be Villa, because Villa yeah. again with the amount of money they spent. Yeah, I had them finishing seventh. They finished fourteenth. So I think that's a pretty and seventh. Like I'm not even. I'm like well, you pick that. Like that's a pretty damn good pick for what I. I, I mean, what did I have, Matt? I think I had them at a relatively. My, my biggest disappointment. I'm at seventh. I put Leeds United as biggest disappointment. Leeds is yeah. big. Where did you have them in I your also, predictions? I had them eighth, so <laughs> uh, I'd go Everton, and then a close second would be United for disappointment. But oh, but yeah. you're right. Uh, I mean, like obviously, I have Everton and like up there, but I think but Villa is a good one. Like Leeds, I thought like with the investment they had and how like what they went through in terms of like sacking a manager, like a, 
not just any manager. Injuries like played star manager. the season. I think so. Yeah, they finished ninth the season before. I had them finishing. I had them eighth. I had them finishing ninth. I think. Wait, I can't even. Oh, there's like no Cal- numbers. Calvin Phillips didn't play all season. Patrick Bamford fell off the face of the I, planet. I had Le- actually. I had Leeds finishing ninth. Same to similar to the season before. So they're your they're your biggest disappointment. Yeah, I thought with the amount of money with. The second round, big disappointment. Yeah, because yeah. you're right, Everton and United. Yeah, Everton United. Eight. Yeah, that, like a surprise. Yeah. I want to say Palace because they played so well, but they no, that's finished, a great pick. No, but they finished. I picked them to finish 13th, and they finished 12th. Like they didn't do anything crazy. They yeah. finished kind of where Palace. But all finished. we talked about was how good Vieira Ball was, and how they looked this completely different side, and he had sort of reignited a few players. So I think that could be. That's not a bad pick. My biggest surprise would. I'd go Brentford just to be I would the say, plain Jane. I'd say Brighton because I had them finishing just above Brighton relegation. Close second just for above me, yeah. relegation. I would say Arsenal is mine. The biggest surprise? Going from I had them picking them at ninth to finishing fifth. I would say Tottenham, but because I picked Spurs at six and they finished fourth, it wasn't as much of a gap. But yeah. Arsenal, I don't think a lot of people were expecting. And it backs the point that you've already said is like, they kind of fucked themselves by doing so well. <laughs> yeah, now everyone just hates set them. a pretty unattainable bar. Sorry, guys, <laughs> tough so, for you. But, but uh, yeah, no, I think uh, the t- like predicting the table is just mostly just a fun. It's a losing game. It's a fool's game. It really right? is. Yeah. <laughs> but game it's, is fun. it's fun. It's fun to to predict while you're doing it. It's and a then fool's it's, errand. It's, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun to predict while you're doing it and then reflect on it ten months later. So yeah. Uh, now overall, I thought for the most part. I'm happy with 100% relegation spots. Yeah, you should be. I don't yeah. think nobody else was 100%, and I was 100% fucking wrong in a lot of my <laughs> picks. But we do have some matches to talk about. They aren't Premier League matches, they are Nations League matches. Worth going through at least slightly. I mean, uh, a rather high profile player kind of called out the importance of the games. I don't know. We can we can get into a lot of topics of it. My, so here here's my only caveat, and I'd love to hear what you guys think. Kevin De Bruyne stressed that uh, the games probably aren't as important as they should be. I, Connor, I don't know if you're looking up the exact quote of it, but yeah, yeah. Um, to paraphrase it, obviously, essentially he's like, it could be time better spent with my family or rehabbing or making sure I'm healthy Vacation. for the Premier League season vacationing. I don't get this time back. I have a family still. It's not just football, football, football year round. So that I understand. Could not you not Connor? Do you have the actual? He, he labeled it just glorified glorified friendlies. Glorified friendlies. And I guess yesterday John Stones came out in disagreement with his teammate. <laughs> really, <laughs> De Bruyne should just be like, "Yo, shut, shut, shut up, up, John. Bro. <laughs> yeah. Your last name is Stones. Shut up, dude." He, he's just trying to work his way into that England side. But, yeah, for um, real. Yeah, he said it was glorified friendlies. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's. But it forces but what about, the star players and the key players to have to play. But could here, so, so here's my my only only issue with this, and I don't disagree with with De Bruyne. But we talked about remember when we were talking about the Africa Cup of Nations, and a lot of the pundits were kind of downplaying the importance of it, and then some of the counter arguments were: listen, this is like really precious game and TV time for these countries. This is a lot of it. This is the most viewership they're going to get. Maybe I'm completely wrong and stupid, but could you not also apply the same logic to like the Ukrainian team or like uh, well, they were qualifying Hungary or like any of the clubs that are not looking at this as you know? I get that the teams like fucking Belgium and France have already qualified. No shit, they're going to be in the World Cup. But like, is this still even if it's uh, 
important to like a few teams? Is it not? Is there not still importance of the whole tournament? Like, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think just my argument. Estonia got some TV time for getting annihilated by Messi. <laughs> Who did he score five against? That's not even Nations League. That's no, not, I know. Yeah. It's a, yeah. I don't but even like, know why that. Like, why is isn't Estonia in Europe? Like, why is Argentina <laughs> playing? Uh, I'll be honest with you, Chief. I don't know where Estonia is, <laughs> or I'm not even going to tr- attempt to guess. No, but Oceanic I, country would be my guess. I, but I, I, I understand Kevin's point based off the fact that I'm saying like I know the guy, Kevin. They play uh, Atlantis. <laughs> I think they're in the same. <laughs> <laughs> but Middle Earth, I think. <laughs> It's in their group, but I think I understand because like they do these players do go through a lot throughout the season, and you would appreciate some vacation time. Obviously, they're on high wages, so they are getting paid a lot of money to play the sport, and it's a privilege to do that. But it's also hard work; it's not easy. And um, but also the point that you raise about Afcon and how there was a lot of punditry being like why like a lot mostly English punditry that was just being very ignorant about the whole situation, in my opinion. And not value, not seeing the value in it. Um, but I don't know. I think the Nations League really isn't that important, if I had to be honest. Uh, Ukraine was playing for the World Cup. I'll be honest, too. I agree with you. Yeah. And, like, it would, it would make sense if it was for the smaller nations. But I don't... Considering the World Cup is right there, I think it's... It's it doesn't really doesn't ahead. really make sense to put it there. Like these players are going to have to go back to their every. This is every team that's in the, in the World Cup. This isn't just Premier League players. This is every player that plays for a country that's qualified for the World Cup. They have to go back to their respective leagues in August. Before that, probably get prepped for the season, and then they prepare for an entire season. They have to stop for a month, go to the World Cup, play in a grueling month of continuous games, unless you get knocked out in the group stages. And then go back to your league and try and finish out the season. Like, if you're qualified for the for the World Cup, I would want I would not want to play in a Nations League game, yeah. like at all. Like, no right. part of me would want. I want to go to Mykonos and have two weeks, or go somewhere with oh your family. Like, go to go to. <laughs> hey, I, I don't know if you don't mind. I'd like to watch my kids grow up and spend time with my wife. Yeah. I understand that's not totally on the FIFA schedule, and I get that that's not important. Yeah. My kids are growing up. I'm going to go, like, yeah. teach them how to swim and, like, eat meals on this beautiful boat that I can, like, work so hard to afford <laughs> my beautiful wife. Like, goodbye. Goodbye. I'm not going to do this. I totally get where he's coming from. I just, for me, I'm thinking of it. It's like, if you're going to if you're gonna pass judgment one way with one tournament, like, keep that same energy. Like, it, it's okay to agree with him. I clearly do. And I happen to think a lot of times the Cup of Nations in Africa, that did kind of impede a lot of the other game schedules that were happening that involved African players. So it was like it, the schedule is extremely daunting and we hear it enough from coaches and players aren't wrong in saying that, but it is your job. Unfortunately, at the yeah. end of the day, like you are a national team player. You've selected to be on the team. That is how you make your living. That's yeah. That's, you could that's, drop from the national team. That's like, your yeah. job, and you can drop, and then it becomes a whole other thing. That's probably why I, a lot think, of those players went. Too. I think De Bruyne. Obviously, I have no idea what he's thinking, but he's speaking from a very privileged footballing perspective. Um, if you look at the likes of a lot of those Afcon players, like they go back, they great point. They played midseason, like. They had more games than probably anyone. Yes, the Euro was last summer, but it happened during the summer. That's a lot different than it happening midseason. And, like, they're going off and playing games now. And, like, you look at Sadio, like, he embraces, obviously, playing for his nation to the absolute fullest. Um, But, and somewhat of what John Stone's highlighted is, like, he states um, you have to be up for the moment, like, 
in, in opposition to De Bruyne, you, you can cherish these moments um, and maximize the chances in front of you. And De Bruyne obviously is a lock for the Belgium squad. Like, mm-hmm. There's no doubt. But mm-hmm. if you look at the other 20 players that are fighting for a roster spot, even 25 players, like they need these matches. Look at the U.S. team. You know what I mean? Like, that's a lineup that changes every time the team is selected. Well, England is the, the same. The Nations League is 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 separate. It's Europe. The Nations League is not. Yes, but U- everyone's playing their international yeah, friendly. But they are. But I think that the thing you're, the point you're making is it's an international cap. It doesn't really matter the intensity of it. It's like it is substantial. It's not like. But I think I think the Nations League. I mean, we talked. I mean, Julio, former guest on the podcast, has broken down. Like, yeah, it it's very intricate. Something. It does mean something. I just think it's very. It is. It makes things more daunting and. I understand De Bruyne's point. Like, I do. And I think the AFCON is way more important than the Nations League. I think... No, no, I'm not yeah. saying... But I'm saying, like, players... Like, Sadio went and played for yeah, his nation. Yeah. Yes, it's so in, in, yeah, in friendly. Sure. But, like... Get your argument. Okay, De Bruyne. If, like, if they are glorified friendly, so what? Like, you still play them. I don't know. Yeah, maybe he's just saying that in the... But like, think of another Belgian player that it's like, oh, it's Nations League. Like, this is going to be good competition. It's going to be fast paced. It's not just going to be lollygagging around the pitch. Like, this is actually going to allow myself to prove that I can be worth bringing to the World Cup. I think at a high level, as a playing at a high level, versus just like, oh, this is a friendly play the fucking bench. Well, I I think I think any player that is called up for the national team has the intent that doesn't usually get called up plays with the intent that they are trying to fight for a spot. It doesn't matter. But if it's like hard, Jared, Jared it's hard to prove that in a meaningless friendly. True. No, I think... I look think, at the, look I think, at the I U.S. Think, game, I bro. think for South... I think... Did anyone... The goalkeeper think, is fighting... Johnson is fighting for a spot on the World I Cup think for, roster I think, to start. I know. And, like, I th- he played... You said, like, oh, they played Uruguay in a, like, meaningless friendly. Like, what the fuck? I didn't even watch the no, game. No, I don't care, I mean? but I think if you're a player and you, you want to... But it doesn't mean... Like, if you're a manager analyzing your squad... You're like, oh, it's just a friendly. Like it, it wasn't high pace. Most, it wasn't most very unless it's a major tournament. Most friend, most international games that you see are more so friendlies. Like the but amount that's of, the nation leagues brings that little bit other edge. I don't think it brings that much more of an edge. I think he's not right. to players like Kevin De Bruyne. You're, I think you're no. to players like John. No, Stones. I think I think I think a lot of players, regardless of if it's nation leagues or just friendlies, will go and play for their country with. Their heart on their sleeve, and they they really play for the. I don't know the, if you're in that England side right now. No, the nation, I think like, getting getting it called trend, up, getting bro. called up is a is a huge thing. I th- I think it's important when in terms of players that don't get regular game time, but I don't think the Nations League makes it that much more competitive or more. I'm not saying that ferocious. it does, but it does add a little different. I don't think it, to it. I don't think it does because I think if they were, if it was if it was just a friendly game when there was no Nations League title on it, players that haven't been called up will still go out there and and. But you pe- can't prove as much. I don't think you, you can. What do you? You're still there, proving the fact that you, you can, can play amongst when, these players. When you're Belgian and you, you go can, play but, Italy's B squad, like you're not well, proving I'm not anything. Say, I'm, to use like okay, so like let's just same arguments, but just like to paint a picture and, and try and I guess see where it fits into like the point you both are trying to make. Let's talk about Jared Bowen, who made. I think his, we both agree. We're just kind of agreeing in different ways. Well, from what I can hear is either you do both agree. It's it's. What intensity does Nations League add? Yeah. And that's the whole thing is what is that intensity right. worth? Like, yeah, I think we both agree that we have differing opinions on, on the intensity. But it's like, again, to what I've said, how much is even the slightest bit of intensity worth for players who are who are on the team? Like, if a guy like Jared Bowen makes his England debut against Hungary, I don't know who else was in the lineup that day. I didn't watch. But if there's a couple guys, say players have the option of not playing, like players like Harry Kane is like, I would be my family. You know, all these English guys who could probably do the same thing. Ryan Sterling probably doesn't need to turn up for a Nations League game. Like, 
uh, even Pickford scarily <laughs> doesn't need to turn up, but they would look at it as like, a, would, would, would Jared Bowen not be like, fuck Harry, like you didn't want to play today? Like, damn, that could have been somebody who could have put me a ball on a plate that I could have scored. It's all hypothetical. I'm just purely saying like, it's so hard to determine the importance because it's different to everybody. It's different to the clubs, different to players, like, and it's hard to kind of determine where that. I think getting called up for a nation for the most part is very meaningful and it adds, I think, a lot of players that have caps like really value the fact that they get called up. Like, it's just hard. Really you, 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 guys yeah. have, you guys have highlighted, I think, the a really good productive like disagreement that p- people have in the game of like, yeah, like again, to bring up the whole Jared Bowen thing, like, yeah, it, it's going to matter to him. But like in the grand scheme of things, it, England's going to be in the group in November that nothing could change that. Like Harry Kane will be out there hopefully scoring goals nothing can really change that so but that slight added competitive nature that i think the nations league might be able to bring that a player like de bruyne doesn't like is like okay so england went out they lost to hungary 1-0 like that could be a game that's looked at i don't know whenever they look at whatever nations league points mean but it's like england lost a game that they there was something on the line and it's like there was that layer of like, yeah, this was a competition, as and they long couldn't as they were deliver to win it. They, they didn't. That's they big. couldn't deliver a win in yeah. a match that means something. And is it chalking it up to just be like? But I think hindsight, like people were more up in arms the fact that England lost to Hungary because it was maybe not because it was a Nations League, but because the World Cups around the corner. Then like if they it was just like oh this is a friendly like oh let's play. These uh, I guys. don't think it defines. But like if England miss out on something because of the Nations League, if they maybe get relegated from whatever tier of the Nations League they're in because of a loss to Hungary, then they lose a bit of that shiny power. I don't think they, they care. I think I don't think they care because they, the World Cup's right there, and they. But then it makes their group. I, I don't know how. It plays I don't know how. I don't think it makes. It a, might make it like a difficult, more difficult road to the next competition or something. I don't know. Well, yeah, yeah but so, like I, I think if you have to prioritize. What I don't want to. This is going to wrap. This no, is a rabbit I, hole. I, first of all, I think we're doing great on time, <laughs> which is someone we've been we we're become a punctual podcast. I think that's we've been doing it long enough. But look, I think we can definitely put a lid on the Nations League talk for now. Yeah. But before we'll talk more about it soon, for sure. Yeah, before more we research done. Hop off. I do want to and look. I, and this is not like a even. I'm trying to see if you guys different opinions here. Like this Friday would have marked the opening of the World Cup. And I feel like this week was the first week it really, really hit me. <laughs> and I'm no like, <laughs> let me just, no, let me just ask you guys. Like, it's hard to say because we're not in November yet. We are a long ways away, but I'll be, I'll just say I give less of a shit about the world cup. Like for, for a very substantial, like it's in my opinion, a summer tournament. There's no other time of year you should or could ever have that. Like I'm removing the fact that this whole tournament's draped in blood money and it's in one of the most like, shaky civil rights countries that's in the world and right like now the bid for the world wasn't it controversial the bid is completely it we, was, yeah it it, like it's what we know is bid. shady but what i find shady is everything we don't know and that either will or will not come to light when the games actually start i don't know i guess i'm just trying to see what you guys think about the world cup having what it would have been friday it would have been something we could have podcasted through would have been a great thing to get us through the summer but now instead it's like this fucking shoehorn thing in the middle of the premier league season i think i think it throws a wrench in every it obviously we all agree it sucks like we can say yeah. that but it's also weird because of the climate difference like 
Qatar is obviously a desert. They're out here trying to invent clouds. They're going to be playing in the World Cup. They're trying to in the summer. Two years ago, I've read they were like scientists are trying to uh, find a way to create artificial clouds to provide cloud cover so the player. A real article I read. I'm like. You're changing the fucking weather <laughs> and the way of nature in order to make this happen. And this was three years ago. I'm like, this already doesn't feel good. And this already air conditioned stadiums. Like, I mean, that's minuscule compared to making fucking clouds. Like, I, I, I think can't be good. Speaking on the football, it's easier to change the weather than to not have it in Qatar, where they like were so invested. Well, on I don't know it. what They're the like, weather winters are like. Just change the weather. Is it a fact that it couldn't <laughs> click a button? Is it a fact so one thing that it about Qatari winters, Connor? Is they are hotter than Qatar summers? <laughs> Maybe I don't know, but, but like, they could be cold because like deserts get fucking cold. I have no night. idea. But even so, it's probably easier to heat a stadium because we do that here than it is to. And the players play in the cold, anyways. I have no idea. I don't. I, I think. It, it obviously throws a wrench in every league throughout the world that um, has these countries involved, and every league is halting for a month. I think mostly in the Premier League. Mostly in the Premier League. Look, if it's I have to during like, the densest fixture period, yeah, isn't it? it's, it's not to sit here and be like, I'm going to move around my Google Calendar so me and my friends can make sure we're doing it. But it's like, dude, cheat like. It's the Premier League. Remember how big a deal AFCON was when it was in the middle and Arsenal lost like six of their players and we're playing without them because of the AFCON games. And we're like, how is this even allowed in the schedule? But like, not saying that'll the same outcome, like people will be missing players, but I don't know. Let me just hypothetical. Somebody picks up a knock at the World Cup and they can't play the rest of the Prem season. A team is in really good form headed into November and all of a sudden... No more games for a month. There, there goes your form. There goes his or her form. You know, like her form. A woman playing in the Premier League, that'd be pretty crazy. But there goes his form, like, WPL. out the window. It's like, you know. Well, I think, I think uh, yes, there, there's always, there's, like, threat of injury, and that's just, like, that's what these players have to accept. I think also the tradition of the World Cup, like, being in the summer, like you mentioned, is wildly significant. It's everything. It, it, it's a party. It, it's like a true the, party. The Euros was like amazing last summer. Like everybody was out yeah. and about and like now football was cooped up in the house. Yeah. It's going to be snowing outside and I'm going to be literally shivering on the couch watching and my team. My, yeah, we have heat here, but if yeah. You're gonna, yeah. <laughs> no, but like I, I think <laughs> I think that 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 takes my like care for it out, out of the water. Like I don't really. Yes, like the World Cup is coming up, but it doesn't feel the same. It'll be cool when it starts and we're all excited about it, yeah. but yeah. And you know, I guess to pull more silver lining, like the the day after Thanksgiving USA England match, like I think will be everything everything that it's advertised. Oh yeah. <laughs> Even you know, regardless of the outcome and I'm praying for USA victory, like the one time I'll root against England. Yeah. Uh Timothy Weah is going to just have Harry Kane in his pocket. I can't wait to watch. <laughs> but no, I'm like I'm thinking and I'm like it'll be it will be cool, but like I don't, I don't, that's Premier League time. That's like you said, that is when it's yeah. the best. When it starts snowing, there's 86 games a week. Klopp is up there going, everybody's injured. I don't know what to do. And they're just giving us more games. It's break. like, I don't want to live without that. It sucks to, to think about living without that. And even if it's for something like the World Cup, like, fuck that, dude. <laughs> like, I don't. It is going to suck. No, and, I, yeah. And God fearing of whatever club sits in first, because if they fall off the top of the table after, as like, 
I saw it. Sky Excuses Sports. Excuses for literally oh my God. years. Oh my God. You better oh pray Spurs are <laughs> in first. Be Liverpool. Spurs are in first. Not fucking shut and up at the end of the it. season, they're not winning. I'm like, it's because of the World Cup. That's <laughs> the only reason. I saw Sky Sports too. You truly, you truly won the league in December at that That's, point. Then, yeah, yeah. That, there maybe should be two leagues. A, maybe they'll give a three month trophy. <laughs> yes, it should be a three month Premier League, and then they just restart it, and then that's like then it really begins. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's no preseason to go back to. Like they're. Like, it's a, it's gonna be like a like an actual fucking mess. Like ref, like I have no other words besides. It'll yeah, be a, I I think we'll see a lot. Like you mentioned, a lot of headlines pop up and a lot of like, this is a shit show. I pick on Klopp because it's fun. I love it. But like every manager will be like, hey, I don't know what you want me to do. Like all of my players are in Qatar now. They'll come back. Half of them will have COVID, so they won't be able to play for a week because they'll just be COVID protocols. Right. Some of them will pick up a knock. Our form will drop. I'll probably lose my job. Like it's just. All these coaches should be going into the season being like, oh my, especially the they're top halting six the leagues, coaches, right? Like, they're halting the yeah. league, stopping the yeah. league. But it's, but even then, it's like, uh, even that, think about man. Does that mean they condense the fixtures think, more? I, I don't. Or do they extend the end of the season? I don't know. We have to look at the calendar. <laughs> I have no idea. Because like that's literally the densest fixture period of the Premier League imagine season. Put, imagine like, like putting Italy, that in like, Italy and Spain are on. Siesta, like they're on fucking vacation during that period because it's holiday. Oh yeah, it'll just true. like if you're a player on like I don't know France, like say France goes to the World Cup final, that's like the most intense, grueling like month to a month and a half, and then to like mentally flip the time, switch of like penalties. But now I got to go back and like play in the Premier League race, which really matters more. I got to go like get club football in, way, in like, the shins by Burnley. Yeah. Well, this, Burnley is kind of a, this is kind of a weird shout, but imagine like you're a player that doesn't get much playing time at your club, but, um, or you get a lot of playing time at your club. You get called up. You don't play that all for like a month. And then you go back to a season where you have to play every single weekend. Yeah. Like, th- like that could have an effect as well. Like, yeah. yeah. Like I haven't, I've barely touched the field in a month. Now I have to go back and, and now I'm the star the every center day. back <laughs> at Astoria or whatever we could, uh, Macedonia. What was it? Country we couldn't. Astoria is a story. That's a, oh, a suburb in Queens, I believe. Yes. So. <laughs> it's a very high end suburb in Queens in New York. So I don't know what I was thinking there. But, but yeah, no, there there will be. It's just a bummer. There'll be a lot to talk about once November hits. And I'm sure. Cross your fingers. Yeah. Just best of luck to all the players playing in that. And our last point. Oh, the, the Sky Sports posting uh, that England fans could face the death penalty if they smuggle drugs into the game because of how laws are in that country. Yeah, laws like are drug laws are so stringent in Qatar that like if you're a visitor who brings drugs in, they like I think legally can kill you. Now I'm not sure of the uh, legal ground on that. I'd have to double check, but I'm pretty sure this the Sky Sports said the death penalty is like one of the things where if you're like, I mean, I know like culturally and in that portion of the world like laws are very strict like that's how and can well, you imagine the english people who like, like stand up straight you see like post-game press littering is like bad and they like are their eyes are going in separate directions and they're like they're more drunk than blackout somehow like they're they're <laughs> still moving they've actually they're blackout and then they've reached another level of drunk where they're like still, still like still humming the song barely sentient the <laughs> they're singing cases on it they just puke down the front of their whole shirt and they've been like drinking for four days i just it's not a good mix that fun crowd with like what what's going to be going on I, terrified honestly terrified for everybody we've seen on camera doing some crazy shit post game <laughs> all those everton fans with the blue things not gonna be now the habit of like rushing the field too when teams <laughs> you light one of those fuckers off in guitar <laughs> let me know how that goes for you first of all you let a blue smoke bomb out <laughs> you are at the bottom of a river in a matter of seconds uh i guess i don't know why 
Vancouver. horse. White horse. <laughs> That's the like the literal last thing I had to bring up. But white horse, what too too good for the championship? <laughs> Saying I, it was agreed upon that if we were relegated, I wouldn't be staying. With it's the funny because like he came to the. He, I feel like his his presser when he came in was like. I'm happy to be here in the Premier League, like playing Burnley, for Burnley for life. Yeah, like he's like I'm Burnley for life. Sean Dyche gets sacked. Burnley for I think I'm relegated. Oh fuck that! I'm going. I think <laughs> I'll play anywhere else. I think the tweet we saw was like, guy comes in, scores two goals in 20 games, and thinks he's too good for the championship. <laughs> I think though, he like, is too good for the championship, in my opinion. I think it's pretty ballsy, openly stating that. How like, can a guy like Mitrovic? be not say things like that you know like to me Weghorst is like the new Mitrovic where he could have gone down and like been a record a goal score and then he brings Burnley back up it's like I don't know maybe he just hated Burnley football. still <laughs> kind of a bummer of a comment from Voot. he's also still on wage like high wages for the club like yeah. he's a big he's like their big player and he came to Burnley when things weren't going well at Burnley for sure but things weren't going well in the career of Weghorst either like, his like decision that he made and like he's also like 30 years old so it's not like I understand that he's like older. He wants to play at the highest level. He retired. Burnley legend. Go. Like that's what I'm saying. It's like you either make a move now, or like, like you either shut league. up and just make the move and go somewhere like go back to Germany. Germany. Like yeah, but who's he going to play for in right? Germany? Like, like he's going to play for some bottom mid table. If club. he if he had gotten promoted with Burnley next season, he'd be like a club legend. Like they would make a statue of him if he stayed and like so was their striker. Paid well, I yeah. Mean, I don't know what his plan is, but we'll keep everyone posted on the Voot saga because I'm pins and needles over here on my side of the table. But uh, with that, we'll wrap it up. Guys, thank you so much for joining us at the Hallows Podcast here on Twitch. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, through our link tree. We're on all uh, streaming flat platforms there. We'll see you very soon. Bye-bye now.